You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everybody and welcome to the health hub i'm kathy biasa your host and along with alex diaz our producer we welcome you to the show this morning good morning alex good morning kathy how are you doing good thank you Uh, we're sitting actually side by side today it's so fun we're doing that because this show is pre-recorded so no opportunity to call in today apologize for that but we have several avenues for you for feedback we are on instagram at the health hub rmc you can tweet at us at kathy underscore biasa Find us on Facebook at the Health Hub Radio Maria, or you can email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. I think you're going to have a lot of interest in our show today, so please feel free. You'll have our, our guest contact information, but if, if you need to get a hold of us, we can certainly pass things through to her. We are now, Alex, upwards of 40 shows. I know it's, uh, it's been such a journey. It has been. It's been a. It's been a whirlwind for me. I, I often go back and um, maybe cringe at the first couple of shows, the way I sound. But it certainly has been a journey. It's been. It's been a, a real, a whole lot of fun. It's been a, a huge ninety degree shift in in how I've approached things. And a big thank you to you, Alex, for your patience through all this. It's a milestone for us. It's. Uh, I think it's a a great accomplishment. Well, it's an honor for me to be working with you and. So many of our other dedicated volunteers, but yes, based on some of the feedback we're getting from our listeners, you can we can see that our programs are definitely being listened to and, and well received. So it's very exciting. It is exciting, and it's it's an evolution. It's an evolution in approach. Um, the guests we have have been phenomenal and uh, continue to be. And our guest today is someone that's uh, extremely interesting in history and extremely interesting in, in what uh, she is now doing in her current career path. We're going to be talking about hypnosis and honing in on how to change habits through this medium of hypnosis. And uh, you can teach an old dog new tricks, Alex. It's not all forgotten. Or for for long, and but you're only you're, you're a child, anyways. But in my <laughs> in my instance, it gives us hope that you know habits and things that we've you know before thought were sort of re- pre-wired, and we've once we've we've set those those synapses and things like that, we can't change them up. But uh, mm-hmm. Margo's going to show us how through her her techniques. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this show in particular. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So on to it. Margo Drucker is an honorably discharged active duty U.S. Navy. Gulf War veteran. She has a clear, empathetic understanding of the challenges and stressors that servicemen and women, as well as veterans, face on a daily basis. She worked for the Travelers Health Insurance Company as a member services representative and patient advocate. Margot comes from a musical family and has worked in film and television, both in front of and behind the camera, for over 25 years. Today, Margot is a certified clinical integrative hypnotist and a certified integrative life coach. She teaches self-directed neuroplasticity to rewire the brain and compelling, easy-to-learn techniques to change emotions and eliminate cravings and compulsions. She specializes in anti-anxiety and stress management techniques, employing the latest research in neuroscience and mind-body medicine to show clients how to use their minds to rewire the brain to change habituated unconscious patterns. That's Margot Drucker, and we will be back to talk with her in a few minutes.
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking today with Margot Drucker. Welcome to the show, Margot. Oh, thank you, Kathy and Alex. Thank you, Kathy, so much for having me. Well, it's it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure and quite quite a bio you have. Quite a bio you have, and it's it's... It's really amazing to talk to a person that is so accomplished in so many fields and and to imagine that you've you've honed in and made your home with helping others that's that's something that uh is so endearing to me and very very glad that you accepted our invitation to be on the show. Oh, I just wow, thank you. You're you're generous and kind and I'm so grateful. To be with you. I really am. Oh, thank you so much. So let's get into this. Hypnosis is a thing that, um, you know, I think when a lot of people think about it, they think of a love boat scene where the guy invites someone <laughs> up on the stage and something is waved before them and they're, they're, they, they kind of go out of it and are allowed to do many silly things. So is, is that what hypnosis is or are we just sort of channeled into it by film and TV? <laughs> uh, first of all, I love the love boat. We'll, we'll, we'll move away from that. Yeah. Um, so that is actually stage hypnosis, and that that's a completely different field, if you will. And and there's a trick to that. I actually trained in in that just just to because I was curious and I wanted to know, like, okay, what's what's the difference? Um, and the the difference is a stage hypnotist actually runs an an audience through a series of exercises and is able to spot those people who are highly suggestible or or, um, what we call deep trance subjects. And then those are the people that are used for those shows. And no, you will never do anything you don't want, you wouldn't normally do in a waking state under, uh, when you're in hypnosis, when you're in a trance so that's that's um, that's a fallacy, or is it two different types of hypnosis that we're talking about? So, so the the fallacy is the myth is that you'll do something under hypnosis that you normally wouldn't do, whether you would tell secrets. Um, and the truth is, you you are always even in trance. You're always aware of what's going on, okay. even even when you're deep a deep trance subject who may at first be, you know, hearing every word, then not hearing every word, and then off on some wonderful journey, the unconscious mind is always observing. And if something occurs or is said that is either against your moral code or you just really don't, that's not you and you don't like it, you will not um, listen. You won't follow the instructions. And you will more than likely open your eyes very quickly and and that 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 moment is over. Um, so no, you're not going to ever do anything under hypnosis that you wouldn't normally do or be okay with. Um, and those people that are in the shows that are subjects that, that are chosen, those are people who are just itching to be the center of attention and act silly or and or act out some fantasy that's that's in there. So that's that's stage hypnosis. My clinical integrative hypnosis. It's completely different. 
In, in, in what um, respect? I think I went off on a tangent. I'm no, sorry. no, no problem at all. Because, you know, I think it helps to bring, you know, when you talk about the stage, it helps to bring into light the your approach to it. Because I'm assuming that a lot of people may, and you can, you can correct me on this, but people may approach um, seeing you thinking, you know, being a little anxious. Um, I have experienced that. I would say 50-50. Some people come in and they're just, they're like, look, I have stuff to change. I need help or I'm in pain and I need help. Let's do this. And I'll start to go into, okay, dispelling this. This is actually when I first started practicing. I felt the need to go through my list of dispelling the myths for everyone. And about 50% of the people are like, look, I, I trust you. I get it. I, I read I read everything on your website. I'm, I'm good. Let's go. Okay. And then, then there are those people who are absolutely terrified at first because they don't know what to expect. They think they're going to be out of control. They think they're going to be unconscious. And, oh, my God, am I going to be able to wake up? And, 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 and or, you know, am I hypnotizable? Mm-hmm. First of all, it's a, it's a myth that only some people are hypnotizable. Most are. The majority, there, there, there are certain cases with regards to um, some uh, medical condition. But outside of that, we go in and out of states of the state of trance several times a day, every day. When you're watching a, a movie or your favorite TV show and you're so involved that the world around you just disappears and you're there and you're in it and you're either talking to the TV or, or you're talking to that screen or you're crying or you jump when you know, you know, you're watching a horror movie because you're frightened. That's because you were in a state of trance. Differing from so go- meditation. Is that right? This two seem to have a little bit of similarity to, to them. They do. So basically Hypnosis, this is really oversimplifying it, but, but hypnosis is meditation with selective intention. So it's meditation with an intention. Is the intention brought on by you or by the person you're working with? Mm. So I, be, I am, me being an integrative hypnotist, um, which this system was actually developed by Melissa Tears, Integrative Hypnosis. Uh, I differ from a traditional hypnotist. So a traditional hypnotist typically has you in their, their office, in their, their chair or on their couch, and they're reading a script to you, and they're you know, counting down from 10 to 1 and then reading just a basic script or what they think you need for your stre- you know, to relieve you of your stress or get rid of your smoking habit or whatever, your pain. Um, me being an integrative hypnotist, um, half the first half of my session, I'm teaching techniques to rewire habituated patterns in the brain, and that's patterns of thought or action. And then I am discussing and, and doing a little bit of dynamic verbal hypnosis work uh, to get from my clients what it is exactly that they need from the session. What do you, what, so my first question is, what do you want to change today? How do you want to be instead? And just with those, the answers that I get to those questions, that's what I'm then giving my clients back in the trans. So I'm not imposing my will. I'm not saying, you know what? I know better than you what you need. Let me give you what I think. I'm having a conversation and exchange with that deeper part of my clients that knows exactly what they need. And then I give it right back to them. So they're communicating back and forth with you while in uh, like a trance state? So, so, so that first half of the session, my clients are not in trance. This is a, a, okay. a verbal, verbal techniques that are more about a, a dynamic waking hypnosis, uh, which is, is actually called NLP or, or neuro, neuro-linguistic processing or programming. And all that is is, is a, a dynamic uh, form of hypnosis. We're talking, and I'm using language patterns to um, get get the information 
that I need from the subconscious or from that, that part of the client that knows exactly what's needed and, and, and not the, the critical conscious mind. I'm able to bypass that and get to, to the good stuff. Get to the good stuff. So we, we are, yeah. you know, we're going to hone in on habits um, in a little bit, but what do people, you know, that's only a part of what you're doing. So what do people come to see you for? What can your hypnosis do for people in their health? Mm. So hypnosis, um, and specifically integrative hypnosis, um, I have people come to me for pain management, stress relief and reduction, um, weight loss, heartbreak, grief, dealing with grief and loss and divorce, um, and then I, I have people who just they want to eliminate bad habits or unwanted behaviors. It, 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 it's it's an extensive list. It's basically if you want to make a change in your life and you need a little help with that or a lot, hypnosis can help. So walk us Whether through. Uh, sorry, walk us through a. Um, uh, you, you've got someone in your office. You've done your NLP techniques with them. Then you're actively trying to put them in this trance. I, this this fascinates me. I'm sure that people listening are going to want to know the process that you you get them into this this trance with. So, can are you able to walk us through, you know, um, I, I guess the process of doing this? Ah, oh, interesting. So, so sure, sure. And you'll just stop me when I've I've gone on too far or redirect. <laughs> but so 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 um, my training. Um, allows me to, I deal with people who experience the state of trance of, on a very wide spectrum. So I get people in my, I call, I call it my trance chair because it's just, it's fun. I don't know. It makes mm-hmm. everybody laugh for some reason. I have a big fuzzy purple pillow. It's a lot of fun. The comfy couch. So you're in the, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> they're in the chair and uh, at one end of the spectrum, I've got clients who have highly analytical minds. The thoughts are always racing. They, they find it very difficult to quiet their mind. And at the other end of the spectrum, I have clients who, who are my easy, deep trans subjects. Like literally, I can count from five down to one, and they're good to go. Mm-hmm. Just five, and you're relaxed and feeling better for, feeling good now, and so on, and they're good. But that other end of the spectrum my training allows me to, I have techniques to engage the analytical mind and bring those people to that state of trance that they desire just as easily as the people that are at the other end of that spectrum. Now, is this just by talking to them in a certain tone of voice or are you using something to make them focus? So... Unless somebody comes in and and says, and, I, and it's funny because I actually do wear a, a necklace that, that at first glance it looks like I'm wearing a, a, a like an old pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've had a few clients say, "Oh, goody, are we going to do the watch thing?" <laughs> yeah. And I'll I'll do it if if asked. But I have several other techniques. Um, I don't know if you want me to actually get into one of those now or just uh, yeah. Why don't you give us you know a describe. technique that. Uh, Maybe dispel some of the myths that people would want, you know, like the, the watch. You know, take us through a, a, an easy person to, so, to put into a trance. Uh, an easy person. Okay, so, so I'm actually, this is, this is both. So this will engage the analytical mind and, and it allows for a deep trance subject to go just as quickly. Um, and so this in, is engaging that, that hemisphere that is, that is, allowing the thoughts to race continually and, and, and making relaxation a little more difficult. Um, so if I, maybe, maybe you guys want to play along, I don't know, but I'll play along. Sure. Alex right. is playing along. Oh, fantastic. So now, will I be able to conduct the yet. interview at the end? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you will, you, you, you will actually maybe experience a, little, a bit more clarity. Okay. And so there, as you're sitting there in the chair, just do me a favor and roll your shoulders a couple of times. 
allowing them to relax down. Take a nice deep breath in. And exhale. Now do me a favor. Take your right hand and just look at it. Put it about six to eight inches away from your face. Or put it, uh, actually, um, we're in Canada, so actually move your hand close enough to your face so that you can see all of the lines in your hand clearly, comfortably. And you can let me know when you've done that. That's done. I just, great. Now look at that hand. Focus on that hand and the space between the fingers. The space between the thumb and index finger. The space between that pinky and ring finger. Ring finger and middle finger. The space between that hand and the face. Expanding awareness to the space around the fingers. Hand. Face. The space between that hand and floor. As you now begin to lower that hand down, aware of the space between face and floor. Now, slowly lowering that hand, the space between face and hand. As you continue lowering into comfort, the space between thoughts, the space between breaths, deeper into relaxation. I think you've got us, Margo. I think you've got us. We're we're ready, calm, and relaxed. (laughs) There we are. Yeah, and our listeners, I'm more who you really are. It is, and your voice is amazing. Your voice is amazing. Thank you. Are there people that are more suited to this than others? Would you say? Uh, So, so everyone is suited. Everyone is a good candidate, except for certain uh, uh, medical exceptions. Um, and that, that has to do, so, so I have some clients who are actually under the care of psychiatrists. And so, so there are certain conditions um, that I, I choose not to, to work with mm-hmm. just because of safety issues. Right. Um, but everyone's a good candidate. And, and it just depends on, I tailor my sessions to the individual. Um, so I know what techniques to use to bring someone into the state of trance. Well, it's it's a it's not something that I've I've ever been familiar with, but it's certainly just from your your couple of minutes there of just talking us through things. It's it's effective, and we're just you know we're in the middle of a of a, a show here. So imagine if you were sitting in an office, how wonderful that be. And I'm sure your couch is a lot more comfortable than the chairman right now. So, <laughs> so we're going to um, the second half talk more toward breaking habits, breaking patterns. So when we come back, yeah. we're going to talk more with Margot and get uh, get more focused on this area of hypnosis and hypnosis therapy. So we'll be back in a few minutes, everybody. All praise to you, eternal Clothing a garb of flesh and blood You chose a manger for your throne While worlds on worlds are yours alone Once did the skies before you bow A virgin's arms cradle you now and angels who in you rejoice Now listen for your infant voice 
Listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Health Hub. We are pre-recorded today, so no opportunity for call in, as I mentioned at the top of the show, but you can reach us on Instagram at the Health Hub RMC. You can hit me on Twitter at Kathy underscore Biase, on Facebook at the Health Hub Radio Maria, or if you have any further questions, comments about the show, you can hit us on the email account at thh at radiomaria.ca. So welcome back, Margo. It was an amazing first session. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a relaxing second session. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into, you know, I promised our listeners that we were going to be talking about habits and maybe breaking habits or changing habits. But before we get into that, um, a lot of what you do rests on something called neuroplasticity. So could you explain yes. what that is? So, so neuroplasticity is essentially the brain's ability to create 
new neurons and to create new neural pathways and why that's important with regards to habits and, and habitual thinking is that uh, a habit, whether it's a habit of attention like um, heartbreak or anxiety or fear or whether it's a habit of action like overeating, uh, nail-biting, smoking, habits exist similarly in, in the brain in, in that there's what's called, what happens is there's a trigger. So whether it's a fear, you, you, let's say someone's afraid of dogs and they see a dog and then boom, they're triggered, they've got that feeling in their body. What, what's happening in the brain is that there's a cluster of neurons that ball up and fire together. Uh, neurons that fire together wire together. So you see that dog enough times and you have that reaction enough times. And so now this bully in the brain, we call it, the cluster of neurons, is the habit is what the habit looks like in the brain. And what I travel and teach, in addition to you know, in teaching in my own practice, are techniques to rewire your brain so that that bully in the brain, that cluster of neurons, will no longer exist. And, and how that's manifested is that that person that was afraid of dogs will see a dog, and there's no trigger. There's no response. So does the amount of time that you've had a habit equate with how hard it is to break that habit? No. No. Okay. It does not. No, it does not. There, there are some habits that take a little more time. Um, and, and right now I'm speaking uh, specifically of um, eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And, and that's simply just because we need food to survive. Um, so, so that is a multi-layered um, issue there. But, um, yeah, no, doesn't do you matter need, how long. Do you need to be able to discern the trigger of the habit, or is that necessary? You know, for someone who's had a fear of dogs all their life, mm-hmm. they may not know the trigger. You know, there may be some do- people that, yes, a dog maybe attack them and that's obvious, but I would think with some habits you might not know the actual trigger. You are right. And that's my job to figure out what the trigger is. Okay. We, I get right to those triggers. I'm like a, like a, a, a laser surgery. I'm focused and determined and I will always find the triggers and then we neutralize them and rewire the brain. Well, what, what in, in your, you know, within, I guess you can go to the Webster dictionary and, and look up habit, but within um, your scope, within what you are doing, what would you define as a habit? Mm. Um, so, so it's, it's a, a habit is a continual way of being, feeling, acting, uh, behaving. Um, and we have good habits, mm-hmm. you know, we brush our teeth every morning. That's a habit or I hope we're brushing our teeth every morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's a habit. Um, just like thinking, you know, every time you look outside the first thing in the morning and you see that, those, that blue sky and think, oh, man, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a habitual thought for some people. I know it is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, does that answer your question? I'm sorry. It does. Yeah, it does. Now, when, it gets, okay. when you get into something like uh, smoking, and a lot of people yeah. have, um, you know, have difficulty breaking that habit. Why do they need to see somebody like you? Why can't you just be of strong will and I'm not having that anymore, I'm not smoking anymore, you know, understanding, um, you know, perhaps the health problems associated with smoking. Why do so many people need an intervention for things like smoking? Is it the actual chemical change that's going on in the brain or is it 
Is it a physiological thing? Or do you deal with all that aspect? Uh, I do, actually. And so uh, it's, uh, this is a really great question. Most people who quit smoking quit on their own. They don't need any intervention. They don't need any medication. Um, the, the, the thing about habits, and, and especially uh, with regards to cigarette smoking, is with habits that have a, a negative impact um, on us physically. So we know we shouldn't be doing this thing. We know it's hurting us. We know, um, you know, there's, it's causing uh, that there's, there's detriment to, to our physical being, and they're still doing it. That's because with every bad habit, there is always or there are always positive intentions that are being satisfied Mm-hmm. by that habit. And so with clinical integrative hypnosis in my session, I not only get to how do you want to be instead, how, what are you going to look like when you're not, no longer a smoker, what's life going to be like, but I also get at what's good about smoking for a person. What does it do for you? Does it help you? To, is, am I dealing with someone who's shy? And that allows them to feel more comfortable and, and social. Um, is it a stress reliever? Which it is for a lot of people. And so once I find the positive intentions, we work with the subconscious mind, that, that part of them that knows more about what they need. And then the unconscious mind gives us positive ways to satisfy those needs. And then in trance, I'm giving that back to my clients. So those, those new um, alternative positive ways of satisfying those needs to, you know, not feel shy to, to eliminate stress. Now, I don't imagine there are a a lot of, of people that have the expertise that you do um, and you are in Manhattan. Do people have yeah. to be, is it a one-on-one therapy with you that um, you're taking people, you know, sitting in front of you? Is that, is that a necessary um, contingency for your therapy? Another great question. No, it's not. I have some clients I've never met in person. So I conduct sessions via the phone. Uh, via Skype, FaceTime, in my office. I conduct uh, small group sessions and large uh, sessions at conventions. Um, yeah. And do so people no, walk away? You don't away have to be with me in person. That, well, that, that's, that's good to know. Um, you know, again, we have, or I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I have that, uh, you know, image of lying on the couch and having somebody talk me through a session. Now, do people walk away from a session? I'm, I'm assuming that a session is about an hour long, or is that wrong? So typically, my first session is 90 minutes, okay. uh, and that's because I'm, I'm teaching uh, techniques to rewire habituated patterns. So, so I'll teach several techniques for them to use on their own for the issue they came to me for and for anything else that comes up that mm-hmm. they need help with. That's 90 minutes for the first session. And then subsequent sessions are an hour. Yes. Now, do people walk away from your sessions with exercises to do? I've heard of self-hypnosis. Is that something that is a part of what they're doing? Or how, do, how what are people leaving with to, to help them? Absolutely. So I teach self-hypnosis in every session. Uh, I'm sorry, in every initial session, I teach self-hypnosis. And, and is that the tool that they're given? Now, I, I, I assume that you're identifying triggers with these people so that, you know, if, if someone sees a dog, that, or yes. that they're, they're, they're trying to work through some sort of a pattern rewiring that you've given them? So, so I teach self-hypnosis, which is, is done quietly at home, or, or if someone's needing to use a technique in, in, in an office or, or in a public setting. And I also teach techniques that instigate bilateral, uh, stim- that instigate bilateral stimulation in the brain that allow them to rewire their own brains using the techniques that I teach them. 
So people are actively participating in their own therapy. Absolutely. That's an important thing to know. Yes. And yes, so it's a team effort. It's a team effort. So you're not going in and you're you're not fixing somebody. You're working with your client so that in everyday life they can handle these situations that come up. The the bar that you might want to have a cigarette in and you know the park yes. that you've avoided. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then how long would you say to I maybe I guess each habit might be different or not to to rewire the brain and and change a negative pattern or or essentially break a habit? How long would that take or how many sessions? Mm. So it really depends on the individual. But typically, and not necessarily, it's, it's not about um, the difficulty or, or, or the duration that someone's had a habit or the difficulty of the habit. It's just about the individual and their determination um, or their desire to change. If the, the desire... To change is there. Even if there's a small part of you that doesn't want to change, change still happens quickly as long as they're doing the work that mm-hmm. I teach them in addition to the work that we do in trance. So a change can happen and often does with, with um, I would say about 60% of my clients, one to two sessions for stress relief, um, you know, uh, simple issues. Mm-hmm. One to, to two or three sessions, and we're good to go. And we're good to go. They don't need me anymore for that issue. Um, things that maybe are a little more complex, maybe, again, it can still happen in one session from one to six sessions. Now, you, and, you and special. Six sessions, I'm, I'm talking about childhood trauma. So something very deep. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you find sometimes when someone comes in for, you know, one habit or pattern that they would like to address, that as you're going through this rewiring, you're, you're only scratching the surface and other things are coming into light? Mm. So, yes, mm-hmm. sometimes that does happen. And typically what happens is, the, the yes, so someone will come to me with one issue and then we realize in session, oh, boy, okay, we've got a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but what will happen is that issue will be, there will be a common thread that if it, and it's just going through that issue and causing others as well. And when we work on that one issue, that one problem, uh, the others clear up on their own. So the habit may end up being a symptom of something else that you need to be changing? Um, or it's not that, it, that it's not that be. deep. That, no, that can, that, that can, that can be absolutely sure. It's so let's say cigarettes smoking mm-hmm. uh, and, and someone comes to me for that. And, and then we get to, oh, okay. Yeah. The first time this person picked up a cigarette was when, uh, you know, a close family member died, mm-hmm. and they were never—they never dealt with the grief. So yes, absolutely, that can happen. So basically, all levels, just the simple person absolutely. who just sort of likes the gratification of something to someone who's—it's—it's it's a symptom of something that's far deeper. And we talked—you know—you are your specialty is in stress, and is stress? Would you say a negative habit? Is it? Is that? Does that make any yes. sense? It does. It it absolutely does. In that, it's about what you're paying attention to, where your thoughts go, and that that or or running negative thoughts in your mind. Oh, I can't do this. Oh my goodness, it's really stressful. I'm freaking out. Thinking the same thing over and over again is causing the stress. That's the habit. It's the habit of thought mm-hmm. or a habit of attention. Yes, you're right. And and those ones are the ones that we're looking at for a little bit more deeper understanding. Some sometimes a deeper understanding. Like it's, I don't. Here's the thing. I'm not. I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. So I I get just enough information to get at the triggers and neutralize them. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go through a whole story 
to make the change. That's the difference. Okay, so you're not really getting yes. into so that you you know that that's a it's a positive. Get, sorry, go ahead, Margaret. Go ahead. No, you go right. So ahead. I get in. I get into the story just enough. So so I I will take this. I I, I um. Uh, I have a client who uh, was a victim of assault, and with that, she's got she's she's working with a fair a a, a therapist, and then she has me. And with her therapist, she's discussing her feelings, and they're just sort of ruminating and stewing around in that. And, and there, she's expressing herself and being heard. Mm-hmm. In my office, she's heard, but in a different way. Because my, my job is not to let someone um, stay in a stressful, anxious state. My job is to get at what the issue is, Get at what the problem is, and and whether that's dealing dealing with, tr- you know, physical or emotional trauma, mm-hmm. and then quickly teaching how to rewire the brain away from that so that that sights and sounds uh, are no longer triggers, and moving them toward how they want to feel instead. So you're a compliment to someone who does therapy. Absolutely. Okay. Now you're you're a life coach as well. So do you bring in other modalities when you're working with people or do you stick strictly to this particular type of therapy? Mm. So so I'm an integrative life coach. Yes, and I use um different techniques in in all of my sessions. I I'm not just dealing strictly in in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I use um something called EFT. Uh, it's emotional freedom techniques, and that is, I, it's, I'm teaching self-directed acupressure uh, for relief from emotional pain, physical pain, uh, and dealing with habits. Is that um, tapping? That is tapping, okay. yes. Okay, yes. Yes, I teach it in every session. Okay, so you're pulling uh, in so, a whole bunch of things to help people break oh, their absolutely. habits and rewire. Tapping, NLP, Reiki. I'm a Reiki master teacher as well. Um, yeah, so I'm using all kinds of techniques. Interesting. So a lot to offer when someone comes in to see you for sure. Absolutely. Now, as you know, we've gotten to the end of the show very quickly, and I, I want I wanted to know if uh, you're comfortable with giving someone a tip of a day. We do that in our show, and um, I think actually we talked about this, and it's always great to have the tip of the day given by our, our guest uh, something relevant to what we've been talking about. So um, you're well to take it on your way, Margo, and give us our tip of the day. Oh, fantastic. Yes, I would love to. So only 3 to 5% of our processing is conscious. The problems are rarely a result of the conscious mind. So all we are is change, and all we are is changing. The fastest way... To change any emotion, and this is very quick, is to change our physiology. So you can follow along with me. So, okay, just sit up, change your posture, roll your shoulders back, or stand up, take two steps back, take one step forward. Good. And take an easy, gentle breath in. And release. And notice how you feel different. Simple techniques like that do make such a huge difference. Such a huge difference. You have so much to offer, Margo. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Well, we've come to the end of the show. And uh, again, thank you to Margo for coming in. She has her practice in Manhattan, but as she mentioned, um, she sees uh, clients all over the world. She has um, she has a website that I want to give to you now. It's called www. Premier Integrative Hypnosis.com. Again, if you need to get a hold of that, you can contact us, Instagram, email. We've given you all that at the beginning of the show there. And do contact Margo. It's it's something that's novel, hypnosis, I think. Hey, Margo, it's something that has like been around for a long time, but as far as our health tools, it's it's kind of a new area. And as Margo has well explained, it's not an area that you need to be frightened of. And 
consider this as one of a of a piece of an everyday tool belt, uh, a tool in your tool belt that you can go and use this technique that Margot's offering, along with the other things that she does offer as well. And do give her contact. Again, she is at Premier integrativehypnosis.com. Again, thank you so much, Margo, for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Kathy. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.